Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Mike Rowe here with a radical idea. If you want to see more companies make more things in this country, buy more things from more companies who make things in this country. I refer in this case to the incredible t-shirts, sweatshirts, blue jeans, and more made by my friends at American Giant. Everything American Giant makes is made in the United States. And right now, you can take 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com slash Mike. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike. I want winners. I want people that want to win. Rod, you are in Las Vegas as we speak. Yes, 49ers, yes. 49ers and Chiefs Super Bowl is tomorrow. We are here to do a preview of that game. But before we get into any predicting, any previewing, I want the lay of the land. What is Vegas like right now? It is. It's wild. I mean, Vegas is always wild, you know, but they really know how to do an event. Um, and that is all it's been. It's like it, when you just said that the Super Bowl is like 24 hours, but it doesn't even seem <laughs> real. Um, because this is it's like I've been in a football, some kind of football dreamland. It's just, it's crazy. I've spent um, the entire I got here Tuesday night, so Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then I haven't been out today, but I'm gonna go down tonight. Um, I've been on the strip, you know, every day and it's just, you see random people, um, they've got all kinds of events going on. Um, I went and saw the Dominique Foxworth and Mina Kimes podcast. And that was really cool because for me, I'm like an ESPN football nerd and all of my people were, were either on stage or in the audience. Um, it was Mina and who was, by the way, my favorite NFL analyst, Dominique Foxworth, um, Kevin Clark, um, Bill Barnwell. And then in the audience for me, Bomani Jones was there. Um, and then any of you guys who listen to sports radio and listen to, you know, for any time, Dan Lebertard show, Mike Ryan, the producer was there and the infamous Stugats oh. made, an, made an appearance. So that was, you know, for me, I'm a football nerd. So that was pretty cool. But then um, a funny story on the way over there, they had some kind of VIP situation right across the street. Um, when I, it's like the link is like, there's like big wheel and there's um, like a promenade. Mm-hmm. There's all kinds of stuff. And they had like a, I'm in this place called the Brooklyn Bowl, which is like a concert venue. Yeah, they had some there. kind of, they've got some kind of, they had some kind of VIP situation going over there called the NFL room. And um, it's like I had a red carpet and I, you know, I didn't take time to peek in. But as I was walking to the Jimmy Kimmel's where um, the podcast was, Cam Newton was standing out front of, the Brooklyn Bowl. And that dude 
is <laughs> massive. He, you know, you know, to think that he played was absurd. He looks like he literally looks. I mean, he's in great shape, but he's like a defensive yeah. end. I mean, it was crazy to think that this guy was in because, like, I've seen like big quarterbacks, like um, Drew um, Drew Bledsoe used to stay at a hotel that I worked at, and he's like mm-hmm. tall, like yeah, six he's foot like six, six five, yeah, yeah, but. Now he's not. Cam is like, he's like big, like a lineman, big, and then yeah. tall. And then when you think about the fact that he was like running four or five, and um, it, it was just it it was like really weird. And then like I had <laughs> mentioned in the discourse, I saw um, I saw a JT John Taylor and Eric Wright at that the was cool. shops, and um, yeah, it was that was really a blast for me because you know i don't really be approaching celebrities like that but i felt the need to say something to them because i've long held that eric wright doesn't get his due as a 49er he was a great player and when you play opposite of ronnie lott that kind of happens but he was every bit the defensive stopper think about as an offense well we're not gonna go with ronnie lott so what we're gonna do is we're gonna try to throw eric wright good luck he was really, really good. So it was nice to talk to them, and they both are um, seem to be, you know, you know, doing well, which is always good for NFL older NFL players because it's not always it doesn't always go great for yeah. um, the older alumni. What what is oh, the yeah. thing? like? You have to play how many years, and then you, like you're in the pension or something. Like it's, it's like lot. five years, yeah. but then it's the the weird ass thing is like. It's just like to me, the fact it's a billion dollar industry, but it's like five years and you get a pension, but then like five years after you retire, you lose your insurance, which yeah. is you know, kind of which is, you know, in most cases when these guys really, really start needing um, medical attention and whatnot is just in time for the NFL to say, nah, we're good. Yeah. You know, you can you can pay for it out of pocket well that um, for them would be when it's most expensive too for the nfl is when these guys get older right yeah exactly 100 percent. and then like most players like anybody who any of us who work and have had insurance and you you know you're you know you quit the job and then they send you that cobra um statement and you realize i mean how fuck how much you know, the actual, the, you had your price that you were paying through the job, but if you try to pay for it out of pocket, the, the number is like astronomical. Yeah. Um, so that's something that these guys face, which, you know, I mean, that's just not about Super Bowl, but that it was cool. Like I say, it's cool to see alumni who are still, you know, fully functioning and not really, you know, they all have their aches and pains and shit like we all do as we get old, but, um, yeah. They, those two dudes look like they were doing really well, which was great. And, you know, you see, you know, all 49er fans are representing. It was kind of like Mexico City, though, to me, in that, like, all teams are represented. You see, oh, yeah. you know, it's like, a, it's like, you know, fans from all teams are here. But, you know, 49ers always seem to, to show up and show out. And ironically, we like, kind of bought up all the – all of the, you know, the merchandise is not that great, but you, I went to like several places looking for it. And like Niner fans had like bought out all this shit. There was a bunch of cheap stuff still, but um, it was hard. You were hard pressed to find um, 49er gear. 
And they said, yeah, you know, it's, it sells out as soon as we put it out, you know, so, you know, good, good job, 49er fans. Yeah. You mentioned Barnwell. I met Barnwell. I actually spent a good half an hour at Barnwell one time. Uh, I was, I was covering a wrestling event. It was, it's actually like a pre ticket sale kind of thing. And mm-hmm. I was out there doing that. And then I, I was, I, I walked over and I saw Bill Barnwell and I was like, okay, I kind of knew he was also a little bit of a wrestling fan. Uh, and I don't stop paying attention to the wrestling event. I just chopped it up with Barnwell. This would have been uh, February, January, February of 2019. So right before the Niners had uh, a really good season. So we were, hey, I just, ch- I just, you know, when you have an opportunity to talk to Bill Barnwell, you just drop all the football questions you ever had in your life. With, uh, with I mean, he is so smart. I, I love listening to his podcast. I, I mean, I learned so much listening to all of those guys. I mean, he, but he is very impressive um, with his knowledge. Yeah. And apparently, according to Mita Kimes, um, he's like an encyclopedia of like emo too. too so <laughs> fun, fun fact. <laughs> uh, so... You mentioned the merch game. I went to uh, Dick's Sporting Goods this morning because uh, I'm so thankful for this person, too, and I hope I get a chance to thank them. But my stepdaughter's teacher is a huge 49er fan, and for the last two weeks, it's been like 49ers day in the classroom, like every day. And this, mm-hmm. and my stepdaughter, she trolls me about the sports thing because uh, when a couple years ago, I bought her a Steph Curry shirt because we were having some people over for mm-hmm. all-star weekend. And so I was like, all right, got you a shirt. We're going to have this party. And she just refused to wear it. Just absolutely 100% not wearing it. And so then I was like, all right, you know, well, you, you want to shoot some hoop. I'll, you know, well, we'll get you out there playing basketball. Nope. No, I don't like sports. And so up until this week, that was kind of the game for her. And then just last night she goes, how come I don't have a 49er shirt? And I was like, what do you mean? Like you're trolling me this whole time about sports. Like, and so, but she's into it. She, we got her a hoodie today and then she went to Michael's and they picked up, uh, some, some stuff to make keychains. So she is making go 49ers keychains for everyone who is coming over tomorrow. So she's in, What's up? and I just have to thank, this teacher because this would not have happened if not for this teacher that she has. So I I love that. Um, All right. So we've been talking in the discord. I got predictions from folks. I have a prediction that we'll talk about later. Uh, But first I want to talk about practice field gate. What is this about NFL? Roger, Roger Goodell. He's pulling Roger Goodell stuff on the 49ers and, they got the raw end of the stick on the practice field, and I know that they are not happy about it, and I know they tried to get the Chiefs to to maybe do a little sharing, and the Chiefs were like, nah, we're good. We, we, we have a little bit of an advantage here. We're good. And, uh, and yeah, that's not, not a story that I would have thought. You know, when you have a Super Bowl city, you would figure out, you would think that they have all the logistics for that kind of stuff figured out. But yeah, the Niners are practicing on a field that is not really uh, comparable to what they would expect, especially come Super Bowl week. Uh, what did you take out of all of that nonsense that was uh, that was happening there? 
Well, as a 25-year Las Vegas resident, I can tell you that um, kind of like it's been the past three years in the Bay Area with our drought scenario, rain is not something you have on your bingo card generally in Las Vegas. It just it just isn't. Um, so those fields, like there's several really high quality fields that one at UNLV. There was one at Bishop Gorman. There's several others, but rain made all of those really really tricky and there just isn't another there there was never going to be um two indoor facilities so it was never going to be equal equal um and the chiefs were the home team they they flipped that so it's um afc nfc um they alternate years so it was this was just their year so the home team got the raiders situation which happens to be indoors um the 49ers had their choice of facilities, but they were all outdoors. And, you know, with the rain that they had gotten, they were all not what anyone would have expected them to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess say we could blame the NFL and say, well, you know, when you're putting on big events like this, you you should, you know, you should plan for all of these scenarios but like mm-hmm. i say i i am really being from living i'm not from here from here but i've lived here so long that i consider myself a local the weather here i can't ever remember it being as bad as it is this week i mean it has been horrible it's been not only cold and windy and rain, but rainy too which like i guess it, it's the desert we don't really get much water here so and so things like drainage are things that are, when you get any water, it, it, it they're just not built for drainage. What drainage? Why would we mm-hmm. have constructed this with drainage as an, it, it just, it just is something that doesn't come up. And you, we see this in other cities where like, I remember a couple of years ago in Atlanta, they got snow and like at the airport, they didn't have any kind of de-icing <laughs> um, equipment because, because why, why would they? I mean, yeah, it's, yeah. It, it's just something that, that doesn't come up. So yeah, that was that was kind of unfortunate. And again, it was if if the Niners had known, like, you know, I heard Kyle Shanahan say at one point, you know, we would have just stayed home and we would have, you know, carried it like a regular week. But then the NFL would have probably shit on that because they would have been your, really mad. <laughs> they would have got angry media obligations and stuff. But you know, I I understand both points. Yes, there you have media obligations, but also you should, in that case, you should do your best to make sure that they have, you know, adequate practice facilities. And, and if that means that you have to run them both through, I just can't. I, I think now moving forward, you have to have a contingency in place where you just it is both teams use the facility. I mean, that just that is what. That would have been an easy fix is just look, you know, from this time to this time, it's you guys from this time to this time, it's them. And, um, but I can't say that I blame the chiefs. If I, you know, if I have been given priority, I don't know that I would, you know, voluntarily, you know, choose to share, but, but at that point, I think the NFL should have stepped in and said, Hey, look, this is, this is just what it's going to be. Um, and that, I think that would have fixed things, but, but again, I don't know the logistics of all of that either. So, 
maybe Rod it's Flick. not as simple as that. And and I understand all of that. And I think the thing that just bothers me the most is like they go to the commissioner for a quote, and he's like, "Yeah, you know, all of these field, you know, experts say that it's completely playable." And 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 it's just like when Roger speaks. It's kind of like uh, back in the day in, in pro wrestling when Jake the Snake Roberts used to tell people, just trust me. And you're like, no, don't trust him. He's going to do something bad. <laughs> That's what I hear with Roger Goodell. When he speaks, I just think that he's lying. And so I'm like, oh, well, God. He's definitely he's definitely a lawyer. Yes. You know, you can <laughs> he definitely you hear that in his answers. And yes, probably because I'm sure UNLV practices in the rain. But um, it doesn't make so I'm I'm sure, I don't I don't know that the safety of it was necessarily the issue. It was the fact that number one to me it was the fairness of it mm-hmm. that one team is practicing in a controlled environment and the other one is out here in the elements. I you know that just didn't make sense to me that that um uh, an organization this big couldn't poor, poor Brock sat. wouldn't have been able to throw a straight ball all week with that wet football. Oh man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Brock says more rain. <laughs> just what I need in my life. <laughs> um yeah, the, the the whole thing like you know, the the game is such a giant extravaganza and I already saw some Twitter uh, accounts who are tracking Taylor's flight from Japan to make sure she gets in. And, you know, I, I, the audience, you know, I, I did a prediction, uh, Matt Bellany's newsletter. He's a, he's a media writer from puck. And yeah, I, I just love his newsletter and he did a prediction and I was like, ah, you know, I think it's going to be 119. I forgot the number that I predict for the overall audience, but so like this thing is just so giant it is so big. They're going to make so much money. It's in Las Vegas. And then we have to worry about practice field. It just does not connect for me. So, Are you talking uh, about practice? Exactly. Exactly. Uh, but it sounds like the uh, everything went well. My, my fear was injury, like on this. Mm-hmm. They kept calling it this Meadowlands-like uh, turf. <laughs> I was like, "Oh no, that was where Bosa tore his knee up," uh, and and so I'm happy to hear that it it looks like they're going to have a clean injury sheet there. Mm-hmm. And I know I think uh, the Chiefs are down uh, their star guard, right? Is, is he yeah. the guard? Who, Tony who, definitely is not going to play. So yeah. He, uh, so you know, at this time of the year, if you have a clean injury sheet, then that's that's a positive. They've lost. A couple of guys, you know, they, they lost Hufanga, they've lost uh, Cleveland Farrell. But other than that, you know, they should be raring to go. Um, let's talk about best case and worst case scenario, because I know you've played this game out in your mind. Mm-hmm. And the worst case scenario is, you know, that that's the one that keeps you up all night. And... I think the thing that I'm most fearful about for this team is, is that at, at the end of the day, we just realize that the pass rush, which we depend on so much, that it's just not there and it allows Mahomes to pick that secondary 
apart because that has been our story all year long about how this defense performs is that the pass rush is key. And that is my fear is that they cannot, they cannot get to Mahomes. Look, Mahomes is not going to get sacked anyways. Mahomes is going to throw every ball possible away, or he's going to scoot around and buy time and throw to the second tight end. Who's getting out, you know, who's, who's just figured out how to wiggle himself open. But the fact if, cause if they can't bring pressure in a consistent way, then you're talking about the technician of all technicians just going that guy, that guy. And the Niners won't be able to get off the field. That is my worst case scenario for this game. What have you thought about your worst case scenario? What is your fear? Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Well, that is definitely one of them. I had like my most important things and that that was definitely one of them was um, I kind of went back and watched that last year's game against the Chiefs and how they did. They did a really good job of neutralizing Bosa um, with all kinds of, you know, screens and you know, running at him, chipping him, jet sweeps, all kinds of stuff to try to kind of slow him down. And and we know that was defensive player of the year, Nick Bosa, who was like at the height of his powers. If you, ask, just has if you ask Bosa, they just hold a lot. That's what he said. <laughs> <laughs> but um, they, you know, he's just not that guy this year. And so, yeah, you are, that is a big um, concern is what happens if we can't um, get pressure, because it's just like you say, it just we we're up against it anyway, because we are primarily a zone defense team. And while in man, it looks like it's going to come to like um, Gibson to be the guy on, you know, it, it's going to, it's going to vary on Kelsey because what I found in rewatching is he's basically like Debo and CMC uh, for them. I mean, cause they, you, you just never know where he's going to line up. He might be in the backfield. He might be out at the X. He might be in the slot. You just never know. And um, it's, it's hard to get, you know, people, I see people in the chat or on Facebook talking about, well, we'll just double team him. Well, good luck. I mean, how do you, how do you do that when you have no idea when the huddle breaks, where the hell he's going to be? And if he's like inside, um, like the third receiver in, you, you know, it's hard. It's hard to, you know, double that guy. So yeah, it's going to, and you have to, have to, have to, have to, um, get your hands on him because these free releases, it, 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 he just killed the Ravens with that. Um, but then if you try to jam him, he's still quick enough to where, you know, I fear having, you know, somebody like 
um demo try to get up and get on his chest and uh he just is gone and now this man is down to seem like you know like kittle and what you call um mahomes just doesn't miss him when he is open that's like money it's like a layup he's, he's like you know he's like steph curry to me patrick mahomes is i mean he he just doesn't miss he, i mean so yeah the pass rush is important you have to like all quarterbacks you have to get pressure but you could but you really just can't let this guy um stand back there and pick you apart because you know it you know it's death it's death by a thousand cuts if you do i mean you do have an opportunity that if you can get him out of this game blaine gabbert baby is the backup (laughs) blaine gabbert uh, I think he had 35. The revenge attempts. of Blaine Gabbard. <laughs> he, had 30, he had 35 attempts, uh, 17 completions, zero touchdowns, three picks. So that's our guy. We, we got to get him in the game. Now, uh, you know, the and, and we talked about kind of the difference in that Chiefs team this time is, the, you know, back, I'm talking about compared to the last Super Bowl, like just the, the weapons that Mahomes mm-hmm. doesn't have this time that he did the last time. And so you would think just using a sort of a logical brain, Oh, you know, he's probably going to have to rely a little bit more on Kelsey. So the attention goes more on Kelsey, but Andy Reed is brilliant at his job and, and Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes are brilliant at their jobs. So they're going to be creative and they're going to keep the 49ers defense um, on their toes. Uh, And, and, and then, if we can't get the pass rush, then they're going to have to do some blitzing. And by doing blitzing, then you leave less guys in coverage. And the whole key of the 49ers defense is the ability to get pressure with those four guys. It's, and it's, I think, especially after rewatching the last several games, particularly that Detroit game, Steve Wilkes does not get enough credit for what he does in trying to manufacture pressure because these guys aren't getting it. So it's not like we keep hearing these statistics about how we're blitzing way more than we ever have. Well, we have to, because these dudes aren't nobody. If you look at the, um, especially in the last six games, it's like Nick with like 40 pressures. And like the next guy is like 15. I mean, it's that we're just not getting it. And so he's trying to manufacture it. And it's just, it, it's not something that we really do. So it ends up, it has at times ended up creating openings. If we don't get home, um, it creates gaps. And just the people who know more about this say it creates gaps and openings in the defense um, because players are being asked to do things that they just aren't necessarily comfortable with, but he is making good calls. We, which is what I've always been saying is, I don't know if it's, I don't know enough to know if it's his calls, but I know we need to play better. And so I, I can see that, that we're just not playing at our standard. So we need to do that. And hopefully between the two, we are able to confuse them and maybe make Mahomes make a mistake because that's what you see when you watch the Chiefs is with Spagnola, you never know what the hell they're doing. It they have calls that look like blitzes, and then they drop eight, and then they have things that look like zero. Um, so you think they're man, but they're zone. Um, that so they are 
you know, on the other side, it's going to be incumbent upon Kyle and Brock to be able to give him clean looks and not have him out there confused about what's happening. He needs to be able to recognize and have answers for everything, which is kind of impossible to have answers for everything. But like you say, he needs to avail himself. I don't know if it means he runs. I don't know if he means he throws it away, but um, he can't be indecisive and he can't be trying to make throws like, just late decisions to like, you know, I'm going to do this and then I'm going to go back across, you know, doing that kind of, um, those kind of YOLO throws. It, it can't be that we really need block to be, um, more like Alex Smith than, um, he has ever been because it just, he can't, I would rather him throw it away than, um, just throw it up there and put the ball in harm's way. Cause he has made plays for us you know, on those 50-50 balls. But I just think I can't I, – we can't afford turnovers this game, I don't think. I, I, You know, I could be wrong, but I just don't think that um, if we lose a turnover battle, I think it makes winning this game an even harder uphill climb. Another fear of mine is Shanahan – as he's done in, in moments where we're like, hey, you know, let's establish the run, take some pressure off QB1. And then all of a sudden it's like right out of the gate, like nine straight throws to open up the game. Like there is there is something there with Shanahan being able to create a balanced game plan because I'm sure him as the play caller, he probably goes, okay, if we run these plays properly, these pass plays, we're just going to go up and down the field. But then you don't know what Brock doesn't see. You don't know what one of those passes that Brock throws gets batted down. You don't know, you know, somebody, you know, does something wrong. And then, and then all of a sudden it's three and out and, and you're punting. And so I, that, that is also a thing is, you know, we have the guy who just won the, uh, you know, the, what was he, the offensive player of the year or whatever is, mm-hmm. is, is CMC. And I don't want CMC to feel like he is not getting enough run. I actually want CMC to be like, hey, guys, I'm tired. You got to put Elijah in this game. Like, I, I, I'm getting a lot of run. And that's what I want to see. But obviously, there's things that Kyle sees in these games where he's like, well, we could run it here. But if we actually develop this play and it works, like we could have these big gains, these giant gains. So that is the fear as well as Shanahan just unable to keep the balance in in the game plan i think number one if you're ever gonna have a 30 touch cmc game this would be it i mean we're not what you know what are you saving him for um but yes i and i don't know but i would imagine what happens in those cases is if i was a defensive coordinator i would try to bait kyle into throwing the ball. I would give him looks that made him, that would make him feel like I can throw on these guys. Because if I am a defense, what my fear is, is that they establish the run and and we can't stop it. And then it just, the whole playbook opens in. It, you know, they got play action. Or it's just a matter of getting your face you know, 
But what does Marshawn say? You know, hit him in the face over and over and over and over and over. You know, you don't – that's a fate worse than death to the defense is just to be <laughs> physically dominated. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that might play into it too. It's the defense is like, okay, we're going to give this dude these heavy boxes and um, we're going to try to bait him into – throwing the ball and Kyle's like cool I you know I trust Brock let's go ahead and go get it but I think that even running into especially against the Chiefs even running into heavy boxes I think we have an advantage um because they're just they're not they're just, they're just not as good defending the run and if I just think CMC like you said I think we are at our best when um even if it's um I forget which game it was now but it was we've had several games like that where early on we were only getting like two and three yards a carry but we kept running it and finally the dam broke and we were able to you know he ended up having big games so you just got to feed him and just trust that um we'll be able to make it happen and then i just ever since Kyle has been here, if we can run the ball, it's hard to stop this offense. Once we get, if we get the run going, good luck. I mean, it's just, it's really, really difficult to, um, to, to, to deal with this offense. It's just, we're just so multiple that if we're running it, you know, you, you have a hard time stopping us. So I, yeah, I agree. And the, and the other we thing, need stop, we need to focus on the run. And the the other thing that's kind of different with our offense and the Chiefs' offense is, you know, the Chiefs, the, it's Pacheco, and then Mahomes is actually their second leading rusher. Uh, mm-hmm. Edwards Hilaire, you know, I think he only had 70 carries all year long. I know Jet mm-hmm. McKinnon is uh, is active for this game. But the, the difference with the 49ers is that they can run the ball in all of these different ways with Debo and, mm-hmm. you know, putting, putting guys in motion and, and kind of, you know, you, we talked about the chiefs defense kind of keeping the offense, uh, you know, a, a, a little bit unaware maybe, and, and, and worried about what's really going to happen. But the 49ers offense can do the same thing because of all the motion, because of all of the, uh, the, the, the where you put CMC and Debo, on every play you could put them in different places and so you keep them on their toes as well and i think it's not just going to be a run game where it's cmc you know in, in between the tackles it's gonna there, there's gonna be opportunities for debo uh on on sweeps and on screens and and stuff because you have to keep their defense at the same time you have to keep their defense on their toes so i i would imagine you know, there's going to be some creativity in the run game as well. For that reason, what we just said is, you know, maybe Kansas City's like just going to be daring them to to run, you know, to uh, to pass the ball. And so you don't want to out trick yourself and you may need to, you know, to open some space in, in places. So I think we're going to see some really um, some really great plays from, from Kyle in this game. I think. My um, on my list of notes, that is like at the very top is who wins the, the strategic matchup between Kyle and Spags. Which one of those guys is able to closest dictate what they want to have happen in the game? I think that's going to tip. And I, you know, I'm not smart enough to know. 
um, like immediately. But I think after the game, that's going to be one of the things that we see a lot made of is that who was the one who was really out there dictating um, and had the other guy trying to be the counterpuncher. And, you know, now in the receipt, in the research I was doing, you know, they were people often say that Kyle is one of the best counterpunchers in the league, but um, you really don't want Spags dictating because we saw what that would have, what that looks like with, with the Ravens. And it's just, it's just not good. If he is able, if, if, if he's able to be the one, like you were saying that we can kind of dictate to defenses with, with Debo um, and CMC, we can kind of put them on their heels early, mm-hmm. um, you know, with them because, you know, you come in with a game plan, but then, you know, once everything starts happening and Debo is here and he's there, CMC is out in the slot and um, Debo's in the backfield, you know, you have to adjust what you're doing to what the 49ers are doing. And I think the faster we can get to that, if we can get to the point where Kyle is fast breaking and making the Chiefs defense reactive to us, the, the better off we will be. And subsequently, the other side is true, too. If Spags is able via coverage and fronts to dictate what we're doing or to manipulate what Kyle just is, is trying to do, I think that's an advantage for them. The, uh, you know, the other thing from a worst case scenario perspective is because this is Brock's first Super Bowl, that is an advantage for the Chiefs, you don't expect Mahomes to be flustered in any way whatsoever. He has been here. He has won a couple. He he has lost one. So, you know, he is not Montana in this scenario, but he's uh he's tried and true, and nothing is going to freak him out at all. And and if you're the Chiefs, I think you you do feel that that is an advantage. We've seen these slow starts by the 49ers in these two playoff games some of it is brock getting out to a slow start and then brock figuring it out and and then playing so much better in the second half but in a game like this you kind of wonder how much of that they can afford to do and if i'm the chiefs i'm like you know i'm bringing heat immediately trying to get that trying to get him to turn the ball over and then if he proves like he's ready for a lot of that stuff then maybe you do play it a little bit differently but i think i think they're probably they're probably coming for blood immediately in the beginning just to see what the dude is made of well i mean you don't have to go any further back than um christmas eat christmas night i mean he clearly got rattled i mean there's i mean there's no question about that. Um, and rightfully so. I mean, you, when, you know, I know if I hit three drives, you know, out of bounds, that fourth drive is, you know, you know, I grip it a little tighter. It's just, it's just, it's just <laughs> human nature. Um, yeah. if, it, if it's not going well, um, things tend to snowball. I mean, it's, it, it is really, 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 that, that's why if we want to, you know, look on the other side of it, those, last two playoff games that Brock played are so impressive is that he especially that Green Bay game, he like really shit the bed in the first half and, you know, managed to, it would have been easy 
especially like you know we're we're a week what what we're like a week removed or so from that Baltimore game. So it was it it would have been easy for him to, you know, kind of go into a shell, but he didn't. He rebounded and played well enough for us to win the game. He did the same thing in Detroit. But I, like you said, the point you made earlier at the start of this is I don't think we can afford that. I don't think we can afford a slow start. Yeah. We maybe if he he can play if he plays just even, that's fine. You know, we get to three and out. We you know what I I don't think he can play poorly. Um, he can't have a thirty nine passer rating in the first half this week. I don't think. I, I I just I think that this team is too good for us to you know dig a fourteen point hole and think that we're going to because it's funny we talk all the we make we talk all the talk about game manager and whatnot but Patrick Mahomes that's what he's been this year he is not what he what he's not going to do is you're not going to go up go down 14 and expect him to make a mistake like Jared Goff or for the offense to shut down he's not going to do that he is he has been this season more so than ever a game manager he just goes out takes what you give him and then you know he pulls a big play out of his ass every once in a while. And that, you know, because he's just Jordan, that's what he does. But 20, I don't 27 think that, touchdowns, 14 interceptions in 16 games this year. Yeah. So, I mean, he can be had, I guess, but um, I, I just, I don't want to count on that, you know, and some people and rightfully so are holding their hat on the fact that um, the Ravens held them scoreless in the second half last week. Um, but Newsflash: We are not playing as good as the Ravens defense <laughs> was playing last week. It just—I'm not saying we're not capable of that level of play, but you know, as a fan, I—you know—I can wish for it, but I—I just—I know I've watched these last eight weeks, and it's just—it really, really, our level of play really, really concerns me. It—I—you can say that we can rise to the occasion. I just. It's just my experience and it doesn't work like that. You know, you don't just flip the a switch and um you you play your your best game. I mean, I'm hoping it happens, obviously. But um I just hope we can play if we could just play at that level we played last week in the second half, mm-hmm. I'd feel much better. Yeah. You know, I'd feel much better as long as we don't have the first half. <laughs> you know, we, we can't do that. We can't we got our ass kicked in the first half in the run game. I mean, we, it just, it was, it was, it was startling to watch, you know, Chase Young was, was getting ragged off and Nick was getting handled. We couldn't, nobody could get off a block. I'm, I'm tired of talking about it. It was just (laughs) really, it was really disheartening. And I, I just, I've seen enough of this chiefs teams to know if we come out with that kind of effort this week, it's going to be a problem. Mm-hmm. It's really going to be a problem. So hopefully we don't. Hopefully, at very least, we can play. That's what I'm hoping for. You know, talk about how I hope it plays out. I just hope we can play to a stalemate with these dudes. Get to the second half, you know, with it close, and then beat them late. I mean, I, I, I that would be obviously. I'd like to blow them out. I like it to be fifty-five to seven. If yeah. it could be. But I just don't think I, – I don't see that in the cards. Um, I think it's going to be a close game. 
And I think that if it is a close game, and if we're if it's a game in the fourth quarter, I just think, you know, and maybe that's the fan of me. I just think Kyle and Brock and Sims, I just I think they find a way um to get it done. What you know, you talked about your kind of theme for this game is um has been what you're scared of. I mean, of this show so far is what yeah. you're scared of. Oh, well, we'll, get, we'll we'll get to the best case scenarios, but yeah, that that yeah. I wanted to start with the negative first. What I'm scared of is the Chiefs down three with Mahomes in the ball with six minutes left. That that scares the hell out of me. I I don't I don't want him to be I don't want to put him in an in a in a Montana like situation against our defense the way we've been playing. I I would much rather it honestly as crazy as that sounds I would much rather be it the other way mm-hmm. that we're down and Brock has the ball and now young man go out there and make a name for yourself. That would make me feel more comfortable than the other way around. It's crazy. My, is that my prediction has a little bit of Mahomes coming back in it. Uh, the, how I envision the 49ers uh, this game going. Uh, okay, so you mentioned Alex Smith, and for you to mention Alex Smith after your relationship with Alex Smith over all these years, you explained it last week, but for you to want Brock to be Alex, that is amazing in of itself. But I, I get what you're talking about because if the Niners can be consistent in putting points on the board and doing so in a way that is uh, long drives, uh, you know, third and shorts, and just keeping the clock moving, then you keep Mahomes off the field and the Chiefs may not be able to get going. Then you can take advantage of, oh, the Chiefs go three and out. Oh, Niners are up 14-3, and they haven't even really done anything special. They're just playing their their ball. I, I completely understand that, and that would mean that that kind of game would mean that, you know, it's probably a, a, a little bit more comfortable than what the flip side could be is, oh, no, turnover here. Oh, no, you know, pick, fumble, and now our heartbeats are, are coming out of our chest and, and I'm yelling in, in the discord. Um, I, I, I would, you know, I think some of that also though is the defense because the defense, it, you know, if, if Brock and the Niners go down the field and it's seven zero and the chiefs in four plays tied up and then you're back on offense, like that's a different game for Kyle to call. He's like, yeah. Oh, I'm, you know, we're going to have to score because our defense cannot stop the other team from scoring. So that's a different game. Uh, so best case scenario is uh, exactly what you said. And I think building up more than a three point lead heading into the fourth quarter, it's got to be a 10 point lead. So that one score doesn't kill you uh, because like you said, you, you're talking about, Magic Johnson in the backcourt with the basketball in Patrick Mahomes. And that is the scariest scenario for the 49ers because of how they beat us the first time. Like what did we, we had a, what, we had a 10 point lead in that game. And I think we lost mm-hmm. by 11. It was like a 21 point swing. Uh, and that was with, uh, you know, Jimmy G. I think he went like two for nine down the stretch passing. 
not 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 his best showing there because uh, the city the city was about to be Jimmy's by the way if he wins that game it's it's Jimmy's city and he and he could not he he could not sustain so it's funny it's funny you know you mentioned that two quarterbacks the last two quarterbacks their two pass plays change everything for them if Cap hits that throw in the corner of the end zone if Jimmy hits um Goodwin I mean it it, it changes everything it, you know their whole legacy changes um so yeah I I'm hoping in my scenario I'm hoping Brock makes the play and um that it it cements his as much as you can in th- in your in your third year he's still going to have a lot of growing pains or growing to do i'm not going to say that that's going to make he's not he won't be a made man necessarily but he would um to use like a jujitsu um reference he would probably get his purple belt if um (laughs) if he's able to um if he's able to um lead us you know on like a game-winning drive or you know you know know what though because we we talk about this, we talk about this being a quarterback franchise because of Montana and Young. If Purdy wins a Super Bowl, he he gets put on that pedestal, like he's he's in the bronze medal spot of that of that uh, medal round. But like that's you know, John Brody was not able to win a Super Bowl. Colin mm-hmm. Kaepernick not able to win a Super Bowl. Alex Smith not able to win a Super Bowl. Jeff and Garcia. It took Steve forever. It took Steve forever. Steve was was a, a young thirty three, I think, by the time he finally won the Super Bowl. So he may not. He, you know, you can't you can't put uh, you can't put him in the Hall of Fame. All right, but All right. man, like he becomes a legend in in the mm-hmm. area. And probably gets that contract that you are very scared that he's going to get if he does. So I mean, I think he's going to get it. I, 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 you know, I, I, and I think he's earned it. I mean, to be quite honest, I that doesn't scare me from being apprehensive about. I'm, I'm, I'm apprehensive <laughs> about it, but but you have to pay him. I mean, I the the thought that you know you hear people on Facebook talking about him taking a. 18 or 20 million dollar deal that, that's insane what i mean you're talking about danny dimes and um who's the latest latest one that got paid somebody else well, just got paid or was going to get paid got, got well, well that that enough. you know that's a that's a, that's a that's that's a completely different like even tier of player he might not ever get back to what he was yeah but like dimes and again there's somebody else who is about to oh baker baker's about to get paid. They're talking about Baker's going to be making 40 million. So if, if you pay dimes and Baker, how the hell do you rationalize paying Brock like half that? That's, yeah. you know, that's, that's like fan nonsense. I mean, that's yeah. like you saying I'm making $50 an hour, but I'm going to take 25 to help the team out. I'm going to take that right, nuts. I mean, who, who does that? <laughs> Um, so, Shohei Otani so just gonna... raised his hand right now. 
<laughs> no, but Sean like says, "Oh, I'm getting paid. I'm not getting paid now, but I, I will get the money eventually." But yeah, so it's um, I never seen it, a baseball play. I never seen an athlete put the team on layaway before. That's what Shohei did. <laughs> That's, yeah, that is that is great. But you know, like I like I've said before, when they first made the contract, the fact that there will be continuity between Barry um Bobby Bonilla and Shohei Otani makes me feel happy that one <laughs> end and then one will begin so that you know they're, they're, it's perfect um but yeah so it's it's gonna be you like you say wherever he ends up in the pantheon of football history like you look at nick Foles and joe flacco they are gonna be forever beloved in philly and baltimore and he'll be that way here that's probably already gonna be the case we'll probably be seeing brock on commercials till we die honestly um you know you know me i got i don't know how much longer i got but definitely he's gonna he's gonna be a fixture in the bay area at for very least forever i mean with what he's done so far and if you, you you know he's a made man if he wins a Super Bowl, yep. Um, regardless of how his career, the trajectory of his career after that, um, like I said, yeah, he he will be, you know, on KTVU or somewhere, <laughs> um, forever. Um, after that, if Wayne Walker was able to parlay his his um career, his playing career, into um broadcasting. Um, leg- a legendary broadcaster career, Brock will definitely be able to do that. Can you think right of Brock, Brock doing his football picks by throwing the little darts on, on the dartboard? Like, that's who, <laughs> like Wayne used to That would do. be awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so for the defense, I think best case scenario is that Nick, you know, Nick kind of put a little bit of a target on himself th- these mm-hmm. last couple of weeks by saying the Chiefs do a lot of holding. I'm sure they. You know, they, if there is still something called a bulletin board where you put, I don't know, I guess you'd have to print it off the internet or maybe you write it down, <laughs> you write the quote down. You're not, you're not clipping newspaper, but yeah. you know, he, he, he's got to, uh, he's got to show out. Like you can't make that comment and then just, just not, not have that game for your team. Cause he's the most valuable player on that defense. He's got to get a pass rush. And if he can, then Wilkes doesn't have to to blitz as much, or he can blitz more strategically right. than right. having to do it more often than not. Because, I mean, I'm a little worried when you're talking about Logan Ryan possibly having a big part of this game, you know, as somebody who in these last couple of games, you watched him and you're like, gosh, why is he playing so much? It, you know the, that that will take some pressure off of that. Though he is a vet, he's got rings. He's been in this in this game before, so that is probably a positive. And Ambry Thomas, we we've been on him, you know, for these last couple of weeks for not playing very well. But I think the, you know, the secondary is going to struggle. Like I like if they can get a turnover, you know, that may change some of the momentum. But mm-hmm. like in my head. Yeah. Mahomes is just licking his chops unless the Niners can bring the heat and then he has to make some hurried throws. And I don't think Mahomes is going to take risks necessarily. He's probably just going to throw the ball away and that Mm -hmm. will take some of that pressure off of the secondary. 
because if the pressure doesn't come, the secondary almost has to play perfect football to get these guys out of the end zone, I think. The thing that concerns me is we don't really have a changeup. You know, when we talk about the other side of the ball with the Chiefs, if we are able to neutralize Chris Jones, um, Karlofkas and McDuffie are both pretty able pass rushers. Um, we don't really have a if if Nick doesn't go um, supernova. We really don't have um, a, like I say, a changeup. We don't have, you know, it. it's crazy to, to look back. I was looking, you know, toggling back, looking at this year versus last year. We never really replaced. We thought, you know, Hargrave would replace some of the production of Aminahue and Ebcom. We never really did. I mean, it. it's shocking when you look at the numbers how impactful those two guys were to what we did. And it, it kind of went under the radar because Nick was supernova last year, but those guys really made teams pay. If they decided they were going to focus on Nick, one of those guys was going to wreak havoc. And we've seen, you know, in flashes at their next stops this season, they're both good, really, really good football players. And we just, Never had anybody step up with that kind of production. It kind of sucks to be Menahue's not going to be in the Super Bowl, yeah, because um, he had a really he had a really good season for the Chiefs. Um, you know, I, I had year. a I had a laugh the other day because I think Demo said Demo was a little bit like you know we're going to have a better game than last time, and you know Pat Mahomes isn't going to be as successful. I forget the actual quote, but the reason why I started laughing is because I'm like. That's all dependent on your on your front four, my guy. Like, mm-hmm. it have, you know, it's not about you necessarily having a great game. It's about if we can bring the pressure. So that that it's just so intertwined. Um, all right, let's make our predictions here. Now, I have predictions from the Discord that I will read, uh, and so you can you can think about yours. But I'll read the ones from the Discord first. So, Robert Ramos. He says 36-25, 49ers. Mahomes gets the ball to lead the game-winning drive. Third and eight, defense brings the pressure. Bosa doesn't get held. Mahomes forces a pass. Greenlaw picks six, and uh, Moody misses the extra point, so they only win by 11. (laughs) Uh, From uh, Shelvin, Shelvin says 30-21. He says the defense is more focused and motivated to right the wrong from the last time. CMC is the MVP with two rushing touchdowns and 125 yards rushing. Uh, from, uh, I think it's Kurama. I actually don't know Kurama is his real name. I'm guessing that's an avatar. It says 35-32 San Francisco. Uh, my buddy Ryan Fantasia, who's a Pats fan, and I think... I think Pats fans are rooting for the Niners here because they're getting a lot of Mahomes is better than Brady comparisons here. They don't want to see Mahomes get another Super Bowl victory. So Ryan says 24-20 49ers. Last touchdown is a juice check goal line run with just over a minute left to clinch the game for the Niners. And then Davis, a.k.a. Drip, says 27-21 Niners. And Davis was showing us in the Discord how far he goes back. He was like a... 
little kid wearing a Vern Davis jersey back in the day. Mm-hmm. So he's been he's been uh, on the train for quite a long time. Okay, so give me your prediction here. The out I already outlined it. Brock gets the ball. We're down. We're, we're down or we're tied. So in my scenario, we're tied. He um, leads a drive, and Jake Moody kicks a 48-yard game. Oh. Field 24-21 Niners for the num- the sixth trophy in our franchise history. Okay, are your eyes going to be open or closed when Jake oh, Moody? Oh, I'm gonna, in? I'm gonna hear, <laughs> I'll hear Jake Moody's <laughs> field goal. Um, yeah, but I, I just think, I think that kid, it would, you know, it would be a great moment for both of those young players if they were able to do those things. If Brock leads, uh, puts us in position, and then, you know, I, I think it would make. Jake Moody, the rest of his career goes so much smoother if he makes that kick. That, if he that, misses that kick, yeah, that might be a problem. Yeah, we that might, that we, brother might he be might, kicking, he might be kicking yeah, for his he, job. He might be the third third round pick to get cut <laughs> by this team um, in like successive seasons. So yeah, um, yeah. So I'm hoping for the best for the young man. Twenty four. Matt, Matt Matt Barrow said he saw Robbie Gould walking around Vegas. <laughs> And Robbie runs in from the <laughs> sidelines. <laughs> okay, here here's my here here's my prediction. Okay. Niners are up 27-17 in the uh, late in the fourth. No, sorry. Uh mid fourth. The reason why they have 27 instead of 28, it's four touchdowns is cuz Robbie misses an extra point. So me and Robert Ramos are on the same page here. Uh, they are, so they're up 10 and then Brock goes, huh? What would Jimmy G do here? Oh, (laughs) safety 27, 19 Niners. Five minutes left in the game. Patrick Mahomes is driving downfield. They need eight to tie with zero seconds left. He scores on a. Uh, on a run himself. So it's 27-25 Niners. Zero time left on the clock. Two-point conversion to tie the game and force it into overtime. And uh, Fred Warner gets away with basically manhandling Travis Kelsey on the two-point conversion. Niners win. Chiefs fans are, are very angry and and. Bosa at the end says, no, that wasn't a hold. We're good. That's so I'm going for the major drama, like the most dramatic Super Bowl finish in the history of the game. Niners 27, 25. And, uh, and that's, I'm going to piggyback. I'm going to piggyback on yours and change your ending. Taylor Swift runs out <laughs> onto the to the back of the end zone. The 49ers defense is distracted and Travis Kelsey scores <laughs> to tie it. <laughs> she says, shake it off. Shake it off. And they're like, they're like just discombobulated. And that, that's how I'm sure the NFL and CBS wants it to end. But um, but yeah, well, I like yours better. So so what I want in that moment is for uh Taylor Swift to take off 
her vest that uh, Kyle Juszczyk's wife <laughs> had had made for her, and she takes it off and she slams it down, and she's so angry because they <laughs> they lost the game. But and then they're, know, and they're and then they're kaputs because she doesn't yeah exactly. <laughs> you, know, you know, I think well, if if you kind of go back to worst case scenario, uh, obviously you don't want a loss. You, you know, you want them to win. They got to get over this hump. We haven't seen a title since uh, nineteen uh, January of of, tw- of nineteen ninety five. But at the same time, you also want them to play a good game. And if the Chiefs and the Niners both play good games, it's probably going to be a close game. So any scores that I see that are close, you know, three points here, three points there, uh, as a 49ers fan, I think you can live with that. What you can't, which you, which we don't want to see is what happened in the first half in the Detroit game, where it's just like, this team is a fraud. Like, like they're, they're nowhere what we thought that they were. And, you know, I don't I don't want to put a loss out into the ether in any way. But I think most importantly, especially for these guys who have been who've been on this team for a while, they want to just show that they can ball out in in this kind of moment. And uh, I think that is going to be very important. And and if and if this game is a good game, I'm very confident that this team can can win a close game. and so that that's why you know in my mind this this they have to keep this thing tight because that's that that's who they you know that that's that shows the toughness that we kept hearing about all season long. Forty ers are tough. Forty ers are tough. And I'm like, are we sure? Because either we win by a lot or we kind of get our teeth kicked in. And so this is one of those games where they I think they really do need to prove that they are a tough football team when when it comes down to it. I feel I'm not gonna lie, faithful. I I I had a horrible sense of foreboding coming into Vegas on Wednesday, and then all until like about yesterday, I started you know with the watching the tape and whatnot. I I saw like pass for where the how the 49ers could get this done, but and now I'm at a place where I'm I am hopefully expectant for tomorrow's game. I it it did not feel good early in the week. I thought that, you know, I kind of felt like it just felt like, you know, we it was like an uphill battle. But I'm back I'm I was never off the train. Um because that's I you know I'm kind of you know pot committed at this point to this team. And so I'm always rooting for them to win. But I really feel optimistic. I think I think we can get it done. And, you know, I'm one who does, isn't shy away from, you know, making those things. I think if we get this one done, it might set us up. We might go on a run. That's, might, Cal, that's also be, Kawakami's take. Kawakami mm-hmm. thinks that they might be able to get more than one if they do get one. Yeah, if we get this one, I think that um, we are set up very well to run this shit back at least next year. And then, you know, from there, as we kind of saw, you know, if you're a Warriors fan, you saw you, you start to make move, you make, you move differently. If the, now, if this team loses, I think it might change the way, do you, you know, what are we doing? Are we going to pay IU? I mean, we got to pay Brock, uh, but, but things might change a bit, mm-hmm. but 
you start to get creative, you know, you got two championships or, you know, one championship in the past three years, you start to, you know, move differently. You, you, you might, you know, you might be able to, you know, Lynch might be able to convince Jed to go even deeper and spend more money to like keep this thing going as opposed to, you know, if we don't get it done and then we've been here now, we're talking about, you know, year seven, year eight. And we, you know, we don't really have, you know, it's, it's harsh to say we don't have anything to show for it. We don't have any championship to show for it. Things might start to change. So I'm, I, I think this can be a sea change moment for this organization. And I'm hope it goes, it hope it goes our way. And then, then Jed could say, if they do get another championship, that the organization is just light years ahead of the rest. Yeah, exactly. 100%. <laughs> And I'm a better owner than my own. <laughs> exactly. All right. <laughs> I, I I will I will put this here. If the Niners win, uh, we we are we. I mean, we're coming back, win or lose. We 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 mm-hmm. are not going to hide uh, at all, or or uh, you know, no no crying, no in, comment in, in Super Bowls. Uh, <laughs> we'll come back. I, I'm thinking 9 p.m. That should be able to. You know that'll be about two hours and maybe a little bit of change after the game is over. So I'm I'm guessing the Super Bowl is going to be three and a half hours. Uh, that'll be able to get you where you need from from where you are. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, I, if they win, I'm wearing my uh, my Coach Prime blender glasses to, to at the beginning of the show, mm-hmm. and I'll have some whiskey. I'll be ready. And uh, I can't promise that if if we don't win, because I don't know what yeah. the kind of mood I'll be in. I, I don't know if you can wear the Coach Prime sunglasses on camera if if you if you don't win the game. But, <laughs> so uh, that I, I I will bring those. I will have them ready if they win. Uh, I probably well, will be able to do win, the whole show. I'll, with the glasses. I'll have a I'll have a shot with you. All definitely. right, there we go. Mm-hmm. Let's go. All right, so uh, we've been here all season long. This is our second year of doing this podcast, and in two years of doing this podcast. You know, Jed might want us to be maybe the official 49ers podcast because in two years we went to the NFC title game and the Super Bowl. And so this will be the uh, next tomorrow night will be the last sort of regular season episode of the season. And then we'll, we'll you know, we'll, we'll probably have a similar schedule in the offseason we did last year, you know, every other week or so. But um, this has been a blast, man, like covering a team this closely. Like I always watch the games like really closely and tightly, but I never you never have to think about certain yeah. things. And so Absolutely. I watch the game so much differently than I ever have. I love having the discord. Cause I get to see what other people like Shelvin, um, you know, are thinking at the same time, like Shelvin is way more positive than I am. Like Shelvin actually pulls me sometimes out of the mud of just being so negative. Uh, and so I'm thankful for Shelvin. Obviously I love talking football with Shelvin. Cause he's just a, a great, great fan. And look, man, this is it. This is why we do this. We get to see our team in the big game in front of the entire uh, world uh, of people watching. So it's going to be fun. People, I want you to enjoy this. I know we're going to be nervous watching. We're going to be worried about every little thing. But, hey, like I said, my my stepdaughter wanted a 49er shirt today. Like, to me, I'm just like, that's that's a win for me, man. So I've really enjoyed this entire season I hope that people have enjoyed listening to us. And we're coming back tomorrow night for the final podcast of the regular sort of season. And and uh, and then we'll figure out where, where to go from there. 
Any last words from you, Rod? Again, I just want to reiterate what you said. I, I am just so glad for this platform that you've created and that you gave, you've given me space on it to, um, make use of all this time I waste on this team. <laughs> um, to make it, it make it seem like it's not such a waste. And then yeah, I, I, again, just reiterating what you said, guys, enjoy it. I mean, we have, a lot of us have been here a long time and um, to get back to here, to be on the precipice of seeing this. And then so many of you have never been here. Yeah. So again, enjoy it. And, um, Hopefully, this time tomorrow or a few hours from now tomorrow, um, we'll be world champs. Yes. So, yeah. All right, everybody. For Rod, I am Double G. We will see you tomorrow night. Peace out. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.